إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الناس تقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء وتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كلام الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار أما بعد So بإذن الله تعالى We start the first um, of our series of lessons together In Fiqh and Aqeedah Manhaj We'll be studying بإذن الله the next few weeks Aqeedah of Ar-Razi'ayn the two Imams, the belief and the creed that's been documented from the two Imams, Abu Zur'ah and Abu, Abu Hatim, rahimahumullah ta'ala, pertaining to the creed and aqeedah of Ahl Sunnah, the people of the Sunnah. So we start off, bi'idnillah, with Al-Aqeedah Turaziyayn. Al-Aqeedah Turaziyayn. And the first part that we're going to deal with here, as it relates to this book of Aqeedah, is define Aqeedah. So point number one, from the Barakallahu Fikum, the Aqeedah Turaziyayn, is that we will define what is Aqeedah. What does Aqeedah mean? What's the meaning of Al-Itiqad? What's the meaning of Aqeedah, Creed, linguistically, and the meaning of it according to the Sharia, the legislation. Al-Itiqad Aqeedah, Aqeedah, it comes from the word Ar-Rabt wa Shidd. Ar-Rabt, and that is to tie something. That's the linguistic meaning of Aqeedah, or Itiqad, rather, is to tie something, to make it tight. And this is the Ma'an al-Lughawi, linguistic meaning. As for the meaning of Aqeedah or, cre- or Itiqad, as relates to uh, the Sharia and Istilah, فَهُوَ حُكْمُ الذِّهْنِ الْجَازِمِ إِنْ طَابَقَ الْوَاقِعِ فَالصَّحِيحٌ وَإِنْ خَالَفَ الْوَاقِعِ فَفَاسِدٌ And that is... Uh, Ruling that one holds. A ruling that one holds or a judgment that one holds with surety. A judgment that one holds with surety. And if that judgment is in accordance to the reality, the real affair of things, for sahihun, then it is correct. And if it is in opposition to the reality of things, then it is facet. It is corrupted. So for example, we have the itiqad that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-wahid. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the, the, the one that deserves to be worshipped alone. Yu'bad wahdahu. We have this itiqad, we have this judgment that we hold and we are sure of it. And this is mutabiq lil 
this is in accordance with reality because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is indeed one the one that deserves to be worshipped alone without any partner subhanahu wa ta'ala so this is al-itiqad or the aqeedah that is sahiha this is a creed that is good and correct and sound and likewise we say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rose above his throne ar-Rahmanu ala al-arsh istawa the, the most merciful rose above his throne subhanahu wa ta'ala this is a correct belief that we hold with a surety and this is sahih this is correct but as for the itiqad the belief of the christians that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he is a third of of a trinity billah this is itiqad this is a creed no doubt but is ghayr mutabiq lil but it's not in accordance to the real reality of affairs. So therefore this is aqeedah to fasida. This is a corrupt aqeedah, incorrect, false aqeedah, false creed. And likewise the aqeedah of the Ashaira and those people who negate Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's istiwa, that he rises above his throne. And they negate the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is an aqeedah. They negate the attributes. This is an aqeedah. But it is an aqeedah that is غير مطابق للواقع. It's not in accordance to the reality and real state of affairs. Because Allah does rise above his throne, he said. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he has sifat and attributes befitting to his majesty. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. So your aqeedah, the aqeedah of the Ash'ari. Is غير مطابقين للواقع فهو فا فهي فاسدة نعم is not in accordance to the reality and real affairs so it is corrupted so this is the meaning barakalafi or it is false this is the meaning of العقيده and that is حكم الذهن الجازم فإن طابق الواقع فصحيح وإن خالف الواقع فَفَاسِدٌ نَعَمْ That judgment or ruling that one holds. And it's, holds, it's held internally. It's held internally. And it's with a surety. Or surety. And if it's in accordance to the reality, then it is indeed correct. And if it is not, and it opposes the real state of affairs, then it is corrupted. And as we know, as, the, as students of knowledge... That the ulama, they have definitions for uh, many terms in, in, in ilm, in the deen. And they connect the linguistic definition to the legislative or shari'i or istilahi def- definition. And in this case, we mentioned that the meaning of aqidah or itiqad, lagawiyan, linguistically, is that that tightening or tightening that knot and we mentioned no doubt just a second ago the definition of it as relates to legislation the hukum dhihni jazim in tabaq al-waqi' fa sahih wa in khalafa al-waqi' fa fasidun na'am barakallahu fikum so therefore we know we connect this linguistic meaning with the legislative meaning and then we say that the person who has an aqidah is as if they've tied it. They've tied the aqidah in their heart and they're f- fixing it and they're not going to budge. They're not going to budge. They're not going to move. And it's a fixed belief that they have. Which is why it's a blessing of Allah, blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that an individual has the correct aqidah. And has the correct creed. And when the individual does not have the correct creed. And the correct aqidah. They need to make tawbah. Repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And turn to Allah. And follow the Quran and the sunnah. As it relates to how they're supposed to believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the meaning of al-aqidah ya ahibbah. My dear beloved brothers and sisters. After this, 
we go into the benefits and the fruits and the importance of studying Aqidah. And the importance of studying this Risala of Aqidah Taraziyain, of the Aqidah and the Creed of the two Imams, Abu Hatim al-Razi and Abu Zur'ah, and other books of Aqidah and, and Sunnah. What is the importance of studying these books? The first angle is that this affair of an Aqidah is indeed the call of the Messenger and it's the fundamental of the religion and its foundations. And this is the, new, the, 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 the nucleus of the da'wah and the call of all of the messengers, alayhi salatu wasalam, and they all agreed upon this. From Nuh alayhi salatu wasalam, awl al-rusul, the first messenger, ila Muhammadin alayhi salatu wasalam, upon to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam. And the proof of this, no doubt, is the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَلَقَدْ بَعَثْنَا فِي كُلِّ أُمَّةِ رَسُولًا اللَّهَ We sent to every messenger, or every ummah, every nation, a messenger, telling them to worship Allah alone and stay away from false deities. وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا مِنْ قَبْلِكَ مِنْ رَسُولٍ إِلَّا نُوحِي إِلَيْهِ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا أَنَا فَاعْبُدُونَ we have not sent before you a messenger, except it's been revealed to them to that there's none that deserves to be worshipped in reality except Allah. You need to call to this. Fa'budun. Worship Allah alone. And this is the fundamental reality, Allah, that this aqidah is all connected to tawheed and worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone without any partners and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said وَقَضَى رَبُّكَ أَنْ لَا تَعْبُدُوا إِلَّا إِيَّاهُ وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا and your Lord has decreed and judged and legislated that you worship him alone without any partners so the individual who wants to purify their heart you have to start with Aqidah because that is where it emanates from. That's where you tie that knot of your belief. And then that, no doubt, will affect your actions, your statements, your limbs. As the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, Inna fil jasadi mudra Saluhat, Saluhat jasadu kullu, wa idha fasada fasada jasadu kullu, ala wa hiya al-qalb. When he, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, that verily, in the body is a flesh, and if it's pure, the whole body is pure, and if it's corrupted, the whole body is corrupted. So we find the people with incorrect aqidah, their tongues are corrupted, they speak false statements, they have no respect for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But a person with correct aqidah, the correct creed, purifying their heart with the aqidah that Allah and the creed that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has legislated. Their tongues, they speak according to the sunnah. Their actions and their limbs is according to the sunnah. Aynam. And this shows the importance of studying this affair of your creed and your belief and likewise another way to allow us to reflect on the importance of studying this amazing topic of aqidah is the hadith of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallama where he says in iftarqatil yahud ila ihda wa sabi'ina firqa iftarqatil nasara ila thnataini wa sabi'ina firqa وَسَتَفْتَرِقُ هَذِي الْأُمَّةِ إِلَّا ثَلَاثٍ وَسَبِعِينَ فَرْقَةٍ قُلْ لَهَا فِي النَّارِ إِلَّا وَاحِدًا مَنْ هُمْ قِيلَ مَنْ هُمْ يَرْسُولُ اللَّهِ قال صلى الله عليه وسلم مَنْ كَانَ عَلَى مِثْلِ مَا أَنَا عَلَيْهِ الْيَوْمَ وَأَصْحَابِي The hadith of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam where he said that the Christians split into, or the Jews rather, split into 70 
one sex, the Christians, into 72 sects. And this Ummah was split into 73 sects, all of them in the fire, bar one, except for one. And who are these saved groups? The Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he asked. And he, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, said, whoever is upon, or who is upon what I am upon today, and my companions. And he shows the importance of studying Aqidah. Why? Because those individuals that or those groups that deviated from the way of the Prophet وسلم, and the way of the Sahaba عنهم, was due to their, their, their opposing the usul of the deen, the aqidah and the creed from the Khawarij and the Rafida, the Shia, the Jahmiya, the Qadariya some of the ulama have mentioned. And it's due to their opposing the aqidah of that which the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa came with. That which his sahaba radiyallahu ta'ala anhu upon. For in amanu bi mithli ma'amentum bihi faqadih tadaw. If they believe, the people believe the way you, Rasulullah, and your companions believe, then they will be guided. So no doubt... It's of the, the, the maximum importance that we study this way that the Prophet ﷺ was, or that he revealed and that what he was upon, and that which he's, that, that was revealed to him, and that which his companions عنهم, were upon. And that's what we're doing. And that's what we are studying. And this shows its importance. And it should be in our timetable as students of knowledge that we're studying the books of Aqidah. That we're studying the books of Aqidah, the books of Creed. And we have to be acquainted with the books of Creed and Aqidah. And they're also sometimes called the books of the Sunnah. They're called the books of the Sunnah. Naam, there's different various definitions of Sunnah. We have that which is the general definition, Ma'udifa ila Rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, min qawlin aw fi'lin. And that is that the messenger, the, the that which is considered sunnah is that which was ascribed to the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam from his statements, his actions, and those affairs that he acknowledged. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. This is the meaning of the sunnah. This is a this incorporates the whole of the religion, the whole of the deen. That which was revealed to him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, from his statements and his actions and his taqlid, this is the religion, this is the deen. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with, and that is Ibadallah, worshipping Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala, according to the Quran, that was revealed to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and his sunnah. Alaykum bi sunnati wa sunnati khulufai rashidina min ba'di. And we have another definition of sunnah. And that, barakallahu feekum, is the definition from the ulama of usul. And that is that which is known as mustahab. Yuthabu fa'iluhu wa la yu'aqibu tarikuhu. Or yu'aqibu tarikuhu. And that is the, that affair or that act of worship that the individual they do. They get reward for doing it. But if they don't do it, they will not get punished. And they do not deserve to be punished. Aynam. This is sunnah, according to the ulama of usul. And that is mustahab, meaning preferred. It's called sunnah. It's called masnoon. That's the second definition for sunnah. The third definition is al المقابل للبدع الاعتقاد الصحيح المقابل للبدع and that is the correct creed and aqeedah the correct belief that which is in opposition to bid'ah innovation and this is sunnah as well as we find that this book here 
It's called Aslu Sunnah as well. Aqeedah Taraziyain. It's called Aslu Sunnah wa Itiqad al-Din. The fundamentals of the Sunnah. And we have the Usul Sunnah of Imam Ahmed. This is the third definition. That is that which is pertaining to creed and Aqeedah, which is in opposition to innovation. It's called Sunnah. And we have books of Sunnah like Alibana to Kubra of Ibn Batta. It's from the books of the Sunnah. Ibanatul Kubra. We have to be aware and acquainted with these books. Barakallahu feekum. And likewise, we have the books as Sunnah of Khilal. And we have Barakallahu feekum the Sunnah of Abdullah ibn Ahmed, where they are explaining the correct aqidah and creed. Of Ahl Sunnah, Ahl Sunnah, Ahl Sunnah and this is what we're studying here. The Aqidah Turaziyain is also called Aslu Sunnah. Ainam. This is the definition, and that is that which is pertaining to the correct creed, Aqidah, in opposition to Barakallahu Fikum Al Bid'ah, innovations. And this book, Barakallahu Fikum, is a short risala. It's a short metan compilation here of the Aqeed of Ahl Sunnati wal Jama'ah. And the origin of this is from the Usul al Itiqad, again, a book of the Sunnah, from Al Lalaka'i, Al Hafid Abu Qasim. And in this compilation of his book, Al-Alaka'i, Usul al-Sunnah, he has narrations mustanada with Isnad and Asanid chains to the generation, to the Aqidah and the Creed of the, th- the first three generations. As the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, خير الناس قرني ثم الذين يلونهم ثم الذين ثم الذين يلونهم In the hadith of Imran radiallahu anhu and وغيره The Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said that the best of generations is my generations, you know, the Sahaba Then those after them, the Tabi'een And then those after them, yani the Atba'a Tabi'een those three generations. So we find that the books of the Sunnah, like this one that we're studying, and likewise the ones that we mentioned before from Ibn, Ibn Batta, and likewise <coughs> the Usul al Itiqad of Al Kai, and the Sunnah of Abdullah Ahmed, and the Usul al Sunnah of Imam Ahmed. These are books which is showing you how the Salaf, the best generations, they had belief, they understood. That which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the creed and the correct aqeedah pertaining to that. And it's from the virtues of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we are in this time and age. These books have been preserved with isnad and chains of narration. And this no doubt is the virtue of the Muslims. In that the Muslims have this, as <coughs> Abu Hatim uh, ibn Hibban, he said, ta'ala, he said that this Ummah, this nation, the Muslims, have been blessed with three things. They've been blessed with three things. The first is Al Isnad. And this is what we have that other nations and religions don't have. We have chains of narration, Hadathana. I was, it was narrated to me, I heard, I saw, we have this chain, and, has, and that, is one of the, that is one of the most distinctive characteristics of this Ummah, is people do not, just, do not just say that which they want to say, rather they bring their chain, and they bring their, their isnad, Name for us your men. Name for us those who are in your chain. 
And these books of Aqidah are all written and compiled with chains of narrations that we're talking about here. The Ibn Batta, the Usul al-Itiqad of Lalaka'i, and likewise here, the Aqidah Tarazi'in, as you'll see. And Al-Lalaka'i, rahimullah ta'ala, he said, Akhbarana, again, with, this is the chain. Akhbarana Muhammad ibn al-Mudhaffar al-Muqri. قالها دثنا الحسين بن محمد بن حبيش المقري قال حدثنا أبو محمد عبد الرحمن بن أبي هاتم قال سألت أبي وأبا زرعة رحمهم الله أن مذاهب أهل السنة في أصول الدين وما أدرك عليه العلماء في جميع الأمصار وما يعتقدان من ذلك فقال. And that is that he said in this in the introduction of this book. Lalakai says I was informed by Muhammad ibn Mudaffar al-Mukri who said that it was narrated to me from Hussein al-Hussein ibn Muhammad ibn Hubaish al-Mukri who said that it was. Narrated to me from Abu Muhammad Abdul Rahman ibn Abi Hatim, who said, I asked my father and Abu Zura, yani his uncle, maternal uncle, and Madahibi Ahl Sunnah regarding the methodology of the people of the Sunnah as it relates to the fundamentals of the religion, and that which you have that has reached you from the ulama, from the scholars. From various lands. وَمَا يَأْتَقِدَانِ مِنْ ذَلِكَ And that which they, these two, Abu Zura, he's asking, what do they believe? Because they are from the ulama. What do they believe and what is their belief as it relates to the usul and the fundamentals of the religion? We're going to deal with this portion only today, بِإِذْنِ Ta'ala. So the first affair or first thing that we're going to deal with, Barakalafikum, is the tarjama and the biography of the three main names that have been mentioned in this introduction. So we can get a background understanding of this risala. The first is Abu Zura, because he said that. Rahimullah, I asked Abi wa Abu Zura. I asked my father and Abu Zura. Abu Zura, we mentioned because he, Rahimullah ta'ala, Abu Zura is Abu Zura al Razi, and he was the first one to die from, from them. Rahimullah. His kunya is Abu Zura. He's known by the ulama of hadith as Abu Zura. But his name is Ubaidullah. His name is Ubaidullah. Abu Zura's name is what, ya ahibba? Ubaidullah. Abdul Karim. His father's name was Abdul Karim. Ibn Yazid. His grandfather's name was Yazid. So he's Abu Zura, Ubaidullah, Ibn Abdul Karim, Ibn Yazid, Al Qurashi, Mawlahum al Razi. And he's from the Quraysh, Al Razi. And he's Razi. And he was from the ulama of the Salaf. And he studied, Barakallahu Fikum, under the likes of Imam Ahmed, Rahimullah Ta'ala. And likewise, Muhammad ibn Sabiq, and Muslim ibn Ibrahim. So that. Barakallahu Fikum is our name. These are names from his teachers. The likes of Imam Ahmed, Rahimullah, and those upon the same tabaqa and level as it relates to age as Imam Ahmed. And likewise, Barakallahu Fikum, Muhammad ibn Sabiq, and also Qa'nabi, Qa'nabi, and Muslim ibn Ibrahim. Abu Zura, rahimullah, was known as somebody who had good memory, 
intelligence, hifdan wa dhaka'an wa deenan wa ikhlasan wa ilman wa amala. As Al-Zahabi rahimahullah ta'ala, he mentioned that he was indeed unique. Wa kana min afradi dahar. He was indeed unique as it relates to his memory, his memorization, his intelligence, his religiosity, his sincerity, his knowledge, and his actions, and yani implementation. Rahimullah Ta'ala, Abu Zura. And Yunus ibn Abdul A'la, Yunus ibn Abdul A'la, he said, Ma ra'aytu akthara tawadu'an min Abi Zura. He said that I have not seen anyone as humble as Abu Zura. Al-Razi, rahimullah. And Abdul Wahid ibn Ghayath, rahimullah ta'ala, he said, Ma ra'a Abu Zura mithla nafsihi. He said, Abu Zura himself hasn't seen anyone that's like him. And it's through the eyes of Abu Zura, he could not have seen anyone who's like him himself. Rahimullah ta'ala. And he had students that he taught. And students who were ulama in their own rights. And from them is Abu Hatim, his, brother, his brother-in-law. Abu Hatim al-Razi. Rahimullah. Who is the father of the one asking as it relates to the correct aqidah. He is the uncle of Ibn Abi Hatim. And Ibn Abi Hatim was his student as well. Ibn Abi Hatim was his nephew from his sister. As Abu Hatim married the sister of Abu Zura. So they were close in knowledge. And likewise they were family members. And also from his students is a Tirmidhi. So we have Abu, Abu Hatim, we have Ibn Abi Hatim, and we have a Tirmidhi. And Ibn Majah. And Abu Dawood. Uh, and Imam Muslim was from the students of Abu Zura. And these were all ulama of hadith in their own rights. From the Qutb al-Sitta. We have Tirmidhi, Ibn Majah, Nasai, Abu Dawood. Ulama of hadith, the Sunan. And they were from the students of Abu Zura. They took ilm and knowledge from him. And likewise, Abu Awana. And Abu Awana again was from the ulama of hadith. They were, he was from the students of Abu Zura. Rahimahullah ta'ala. And Abu Zura, Rahimahullah, he died in the year 200 and 64 Abu Zura died in the year 264 Rahimahullah Ta'ala There's an interesting story as it relates to his death And that is narrated by again Al-Dhahabi Rahimahullah Where he said That Warraq, the Warraq of Abu Zura the one that used to do the trans- transcribing of the works of Abu Zura said that Hadarna Abu Zura, we were in the presence of Abu Zura and Abu Hatim. And this was the time when Abu Zura was dying. And they were saying to each other that we should remind him and do talqeen. And say to him, say la ilaha illallah. A talqeen is when somebody is dying, you say to them, qul la ilaha illallah. Say la ilaha illallah. Laqinu mawtakum la ilaha illallah. Try and have your, and make your, those who are dying, from your, those who are close to you, to say la ilaha illallah. So if we have a family member that is in a deathbed, we shouldn't be there just crying. The most thing that we should be doing is trying to have them say La ilaha illallah. So that it will be their last statement before they leave this world. 
and the Warraq, the one that the, the that used to write and transcribe the narrations of Abu Zura, said that we were shy. We were shy to say that to Abu Zura. And then Abu Zura said to them, uh, they said, they said, they said to Abu Zura, and all of them qalu ta'alu, come, let's remember some hadith. Let's study some hadith. So one of them said, one of them whose name was Ibn Wara, he said, Hadathana Abu Asim. Abu Asim narrated to us, and Abdullah ibn Hamid, uh, Abdullah, sorry, uh, Abdul Hamid ibn Ja'far said that it was narrated to me from Saleh. And then they all had their own isnad and their chains, and they stopped. Each of them stopped. But then Abu Zura heard what they were saying and he said and brought his own chain of narration. Hadathana Bundar. Bundar narrated to me and Abu Asim narrated and Abdul Hamid narrated from Salih and Kathir ibn Marra and then he continued and Mu'adh who narrated from the companion of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Mu'adh. So you see that all of them were Bringing their chain of narration of this particular hadith. And Abu Zura noticed that. That they stopped. But he continued and completed the chain. Up until the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So he said, And Mu'adh ibn Jabal. Qala, qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Man kana akhir. Kalamihi. La ilaha illallah. Dekhala jannah. So they brought the hadith with the chain. Everyone was bringing their chains of narrations. And they stopped. Because they were shy. But Abu Zura in his deathbed brought his chain of narrations to the, from, up, until the, up to the Messenger وسلم, regarding the narration, the hadith, that whoever's last statement is La ilaha illallah will enter paradise. And as soon as he finished that hadith, Abu Zura died. As soon as he completed that isnad, Whoever's last statement is La ilaha illallah as he finished the hadith. Rahimahullah, he died. So he died upon that statement, La ilaha illallah. And this was wisdom from his students who were shy. So to, to say to him, say La ilaha illallah. So they brought hadith and they didn't complete the hadith, allowing Abu Zura to complete the hadith and say La ilaha illallah. Before he died, and he died after that, after that statement, Rahimahullah Ta'ala. And Imam Dhahabi mentions this in the seerah and the biography of Abu Zura'ah. The second alam, notable scholar that is mentioned, no doubt, from the aqidah that Abu, uh, Ibn Abi Hatim is asking regarding, is Abu Zura'ah, his father. Abu Zura'ah. And this is Imam Al-Muhaddith Al-Hafiz Abu Zura uh, Abu Hatim rather Abu Hatim Al-Razi Abu Hatim is the Imam the Hafiz Muhammad Ibn Idris So we finished Abu Zura now we're dealing with Abu Hatim because we said Aqidah to Raziyain the two Raziyains we've dealt with Abu Zura Al-Razi his biography now we're dealing with Abu Hatim Al-Razi the second Razi and his name is Muhammad. Abu Zura's name was Ubaidullah. Abu Hatim's name is Muhammad ibn Idris ibn Mundir al-Hanvali. Muhammad ibn Idris ibn Mundir al-Hanvali al-Razi. Rahimahullahu ta'ala. His name is Muhammad ibn Idris. His name is Muhammad ibn Idris. And he was Imam. And he was born in the year 195. He was born in the year 195 after the migration of the Messenger وسلم, from Mecca to Medina. So he's from the early scholars. So we studied the aqeed of the early scholars. Ya Hibbah. Glad tidings for studying the aqeed of the early scholars. And from them is Abu Hatim here. Rahimahullah. And he started learning, seeking knowledge at an early age. And he said, 
Katabtul Hadith Sanata Tisa' wa Mi'atain. So we said that he was born in the year 195. He was born in the year 195. He said that I started writing Hadith in the year 209. So he, start, he, he, was, he was born in the year 195 and he started writing in the year 209. So he was a child when he started writing Hadith. My dear beloved brothers, he started seeking ilm and writing the hadith of the Messenger وسلم, with chains and narrations to the earlier generations from a young age. He was barely in his teens, about 14 years old, and he was writing hadith, hadithana, with the chains and narrations. And he said again, talking about his journey, he says, Awul ma rahaltu. He said, the first time that I traveled, I went by foot. I went by foot. And he went to various areas and places. He went to Bahrain. He went to Egypt, Mashian. He went to Ramla, which is, I think, near Palestine, Mashian. Tarsus, Mashian. He went through all of these places walking. And he was only 20 years old, he said. So he sought knowledge from those in his area when he was a child. And then he went and traveled in various places seeking the hadith of the Messenger. And he was only 20 years old. And he was poor, and he had no money, rahimullah. And that which is mentioned in his biography, in the books of Tatarajam uh, Tarajim, and his biography of this individual, this Imam. And this is mentioned by Ibn Abi Hatim, his, nef- his father, his son rather. Ibn Abi Hatim, who's his son, he said, Sumaytu Abi Yaqul. He said that I heard my father say it, and he mentioned the story of his father. And that he went and he used to sell his clothes. Rahimullah ta'ala. Parts of his clothes in order for him to survive. While he was seeking knowledge. And studying the hadith. And then he will go and take hadith from an individual. And another individual. And taking each part of his clothes, ripping each part of his clothes and selling it in order to, for him to make some money to buy food. And when he had no ability or had, didn't have the provisions to even sell any of his clothes, he stayed hungry and thirsty. Up until one of the scholars in which he, rahimullah ta'ala, was seeking the knowledge from. They saw him and he virtually collapsed. And they said to you, what's wrong? They said to him, what's wrong? He said, I'm not going to lie to you. I have not eaten for a couple of days. And I have not had a drink for a couple of days. And then that scholar who he narrated from fed him and gave him drink. This is all in the cause for him to seek knowledge and study the hadith of the Messenger This is what they went through. The ulama. This is why they are who they are. And they were who they were. And this allows us to reflect ourselves upon the efforts that we've made in seeking ilm. And that's because they, they, they know the hadith of the Messenger where he said Man salaka tariqan yaltamisu fihi ilman they know this hadith, this ulama of hadith. They know the hadith of the Messenger وسلم, when he said that whoever embarks upon a path in seeking knowledge, Allah will make his path to paradise easy. So they strived. The Salaf, they strived in seeking knowledge, in checking narrations, narrating from 
scholars of their times from various lands to aid in the preservation and be be part of that blessing of the preservation of the Sunnah of the Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And from them is Abu Hatim here, Razi, Muhammad ibn Idris, rahimullah. And he had a son, a noble son. And that is the third biography that we're going to talk about. And that is Ibn Abi Hatim. But Abu Hatim, he died in the year 277. So Abu Zura died in the year 264. And Abu Hatim died in the year 277. So the first to die from amongst them was Abu Zura in 264. And then... Barakallahu feekum Abu Hatim died in 277 277 after the migration of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he had a son Abu Hatim had a son who is known as Ibn Abi Hatim the son of Abu Hatim and he's the one who's asking his father Abu Hatim and his uncle Abu Zura about the correct Aqidah and he himself is an alim scholar in his own right, Ibn Abi Hatim. And he was born in the year 240, Rahimahullah. He was born in the year 240. And his name is Abdurrahman. So Abu Zura's name is Ubaidullah. Abu Hatim's name is Muhammad Ibn Idris. And Ibn Abi Hatim. His name is Abdurrahman Ibn Abi Hatim Muhammad Ibn Idris Ibn Mundir Al-Tamimi Al-Hanzali Al-Razi Rahimahullah Ta'ala Muhammad Scholar in his own right A scholar in his own right And from his teachers of course is Abu Zura. And Abu, uh, and Abu Hatim, his father and his uncle, they were his teachers. And likewise, Yunus ibn Abdul A'la. Yunus ibn Abdul A'la was from his teachers. And those of that generation. And what we forgot to mention about his father is that his father's teacher was also Imam Ahmed. Abu Hatim's father, Abu Hatim's teacher was also Imam Ahmed, just like Abu Zura. And I've got to mention that. And that was from that tabaqa, that generation. But as for Muhammad, Abu Muhammad, uh, Abdurrahman ibn Abi Hatim, Abdurrahman ibn Abi Hatim, his father was his main teacher, and likewise his uncle Abu Zura, and likewise Yunus ibn Abdul A'la, and likewise Abu Shaykh ibn Hayyan. These are all ulama, and they were his teachers. Rahimullah Ta'ala. And Abu Ya'la al-Khalili, he said, أَخَذَ الْعِلْمِ مِنْ عَبِيهِ وَعَبِي زُرَعَ He took knowledge from his father and his uncle Abu Zura'a. وَكَانَ بَحْرًا فِي الْعُلُومِ He was an ocean of knowledge. وَمَعْرِفَةُ الرِّجَالِ And had knowledge of the men in chains, in hadith. وَصَنَّفَ فِي الْفِقْرِ and he wrote books in fiqh. And the opinions of the Sahaba and the Tabi'een as it relates to fiqh. And like his father, he was one who was absent. He did not care for the worldly affairs. And he's got a book called Al-Jarh Ta'deel. A book of hadith of Al-Jarh Ta'deel. Dealing with the criticizing and praising or disparaging and praising of man. It's called a Jahra Ta'deel. And likewise, he's got a, another amazing book, which is a book of Tafsir. It's called Tafsir Ibn Abi Hatim. And likewise, he's got a book, Al-Radd al-Jahmiyyah, where he's refuting the Jahmiyyah and the, the false creed. He was a scholar of his own right, Rahimullah. And he said, Rahimullah, regarding the cultivation that his father gave, gave him, he said, Qal Ibn Abi Hatim, وَلَمْ يَدَعْنِ أَبِي أَطْلُبُ الْحَدِيثِ 
حتى قرأت القرآن على الفضل بن شاذان. He said, Rahimullah, that my father did not allow me to start seeking knowledge of hadith until I had read and, and, and uh, memorized the Quran and read it to Al-Fadl ibn Shadhan. So his father cultivated him upon the reading of the Quran, Ibn Abi Hatim. And he became a scholar seeking hadith from various ulama. And he, Rahimullah Ta'ala, he died in Muharram. Rahimullah, first month of the year, in the year 327, 327, the year 327 after the migration of the Messenger وسلم, from Mecca to Medina, he died, 327 Hijri. So Abu Zurrah, he died in the year 264, Abu Hatim died in the year 277, and Ibn Abi Hatim, Abdurrahman, he died in the year 327. So here, Barakallahu Fikum, we see that he said, Abdurrahman Ibn Abi Hatim said, Sa'el to Abi, I asked my father, Wa Abu Zura, his uncle Abu Zura, regarding the Madahib. And the belief and creed of the people of the Sunnah in the fundamental of the deen. And that which that they took from the ulama from various lands and that which they themselves believe. And in this point we stop, inshallah, as it relates to this risala. And we'll continue, inshallah, with this portion and dealing with the Iman. The first principle that he mentions in this exemplary risala as it relates to the correct creed and the correct belief of Ahl Sunnah. So today we've got covered the biography of the meaning of Aqidah and we've covered also the virtues of studying Aqidah and likewise we've covered the narrators and the, the men that are mentioned as it relates to this Aqidah, the main ones and the three are Abu Zura and Abu Hatim and also Ibn Abi Hatim, their biography and when they died and their virtues. So ta'ala, next week we'll continue with this uh, Aqidah Tarazi'ain and see the wisdom in some of the statements here of uh, Ibn Abi Hatim and the questioning that he, he, he showed in this uh, introduction and we continue ta'ala, with this next week. والله أعلم وأحكم وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين